0: We've seen God move in powerful ways in a series that we're in called four-letter words. Now, when I say four-letter words, I would like to think that I'm beyond even saying a four-letter word because I'm your pastor. I've been walking with Jesus for 12 years. I mean, right? But but God reminded me of something this week. He didn't just remind me; he showed me. Tuesday morning, I'm going to be vulnerable with you. I made a deal with God. I'll I'll just I'll tell them, whether they want to hear it or not, they're going to hear it. So Tuesday morning, I'm sitting with my McDonald's coffee anointed by God Himself, and I'm back at my house getting ready to do some work, and uh, these stories don't. I I, know, I thought you just hear about these stories where the lid's not on tight. Well, the lid wasn't on tight, and I know what you're thinking, Sue McDonald's. I know I'm thinking the same thing. So, um, holy cow! So I go to take a huge drink, you know, saved it till I got my office, and sure enough, I pour half of it on my chest, and in that moment, a word shot from here to here out of here. And uh, it reminded me that I still need Jesus. I don't know about you. And uh, you know, I know what you're thinking. Okay, you want to know what the word is? You want me to tell you? It's too bad because I'm not going to tell you. Okay, I'm not going to say it. It's uh, I just need your prayer. So um, it wasn't the four-letter word that we're talking about today. Now that's a four-letter F word we're talking about today. Not that word, Casey. It's a different one. Fear. Say fear. Fear. Casey alluded to it in the opening. This cripples people. And I mean cripples. It has me in my life. But God has brought you here today to show you something about the fear that you face. That it, it is not as big as you think it is. But even when I say the word fear, I wonder what you're scared of. I wonder what you're afraid of. What, what, what freaks you out? How many It's spiders? Raise your hand if you're... Yeah, I knew, there's always some in every... Snakes? There's always some, right? Coronavirus? Casey, you mentioned that. That's freaky, right? I don't know if your family is as messed up as mine, but yesterday... Jake's 12 years old. Yeah, he's 12. I should know that. I'm his dad. Jake is 12 years old, and he's having a coughing attack, and Ava's like, coronavirus! And I'm like, no, Ava, we don't think it's the coronavirus. But, but what is your fear? Maybe it's when you open the fridge and you're out a corona beer. Maybe that freaks you out. I don't know. Could be. Could be. <laughs> Something that always freaks me out, and why does it happen when you're alone and in, in, in the shower? But when I'm in the shower, no one's home, I'll hear noises. Yeah, does this happen to anybody? Like, I'll hear a noise, and I'll peek my head out. Hello? Jody, are you, did you come back for something? Just quiet, eerie. And then I get more freaked out. And finally, I'll just say it. I'll say, listen, if you're here to kill me, it won't be easy. Okay, I will fight naked. And I will. <laughs> Jeez. Why does it always happen when no... So, I, uh, the biggest fear that I don't know what the studies... This is number one or number two, but the fear of dying is a big deal. When Mindy was up here last week, she talked about near-death experiences... And, I, and by the way, I had one when I was 21 years old. So I, I know all about the fear of dying. It's ironic that I was training for, to be a lifeguard and I almost drowned. It, it, this is a true story. And here's the crazy thing. I was training to be a lifeguard at a water park where the deepest end was four feet. Four feet. So when they, they bring all of us lifeguards in for training and we, they take us to the YMCA pool. And the guy says, all right, jump in the deep end and start treading water. And I'm like, why are we doing this? Like, the, why, why aren't we in the forefoot and just walking around? That's how you tread. I didn't get it. but I, And I wasn't there because I was a good swimmer, okay? Most of the lifeguards were girls. I was there because I like those odds, all right? So I'm just being honest. So, but we start treading water, and I'm treading, and I'm not kidding you. After a few minutes, I'm like, what are we— I'm- the, uh, my, my feet are starting to feel like cement my hands are, I can't even feel them and I'm looking at all the other people treading water and they're doing it effortlessly I'm like what am I doing wrong and I, the last thing, I'm, I, here's what I told God I said God I won't go down this way I'm not gonna, I'm not drowning in a pool surrounded by lifeguards. That's not what they're gonna no, that's not gonna happen. So I'm treading and I'm going and it felt like five hours, probably five minutes, and I'm treading water and finally my head starts to kind of dip under and I'm like, this is getting serious. Like I'm like, this is I'm I am repenting of my sins. I'm giving my life to Christ. I am like God, into your hands, I commend my spirit. This is it. I'm going down. And it's like Leo DiCaprio in the Titanic just, just, there he goes. Bye, you know, and it's over. And just when I'm ready to give up, all of a sudden, the guy blows the whistle and tells us to come out of the pool. And it's then I knew that the Lord was real. It's then I knew that God was real, that his, I was was hurting so badly. I couldn't believe it. And uh, that's, I've got more lifeguard stories than you would care to hear, I promise you. And they're not good. So you do not want me saving you. There is a worse fear, though, than I had that day. See, the fear of dying is real, but there's a worse fear. And it's, it's one of the main reasons that God led us to Plant Meadows Church. Fear of dying is bad, but what's worse is the fear of not living. The fear of that you would exist and that you would take up some space for a certain amount of time and not live the life that God purposed and planned. And not live the life that Jesus said he promises you abundant life. And how many people, because of fear, are not living that life? Because of a lie or a deception or a smokescreen, you've been tricked into believing something, and it stopped you cold in your tracks because of fear, and now you're not living the life that God wants you to live. That's not going to happen here. At least we're preaching against it today, I promise you. If fear is holding you back, if you have a decision that you need to make but you haven't made it, or a step that you need to take that you haven't taken it, this is why the Lord brought you here today. Say today. Say today is a big day for you. Today is a huge day for you because I am convinced that you and I, all of us deal with fear. All of us deal with it in one way or another. And the enemy loves to use it to hold us back from what God has for us, but not today. The journey that I want to take you on today, it it leads us to a book in the Bible called Daniel. Daniel is an Old Testament um, book. That means before Jesus actually came to earth as a child. Before that was called the Old Testament. So if you want to thumb to that or click to that, otherwise we'll put it up on the screen in a second. But Daniel 3, I want to set it up for you so you kind of get a context. So Daniel's a prophet. And in this time, the Jews have been taken into captivity. Remember, the Jewish people, the Israelites, are going to go to the promised land. Well, they went to the promised land. They jacked up a bunch of stuff, divided the land. It's all messed up. And now a country called Babylonia... Has The king there has taken over. He has taken the Jewish people captive, okay? And the king, by the way, the king's name, this baby name is still available. So his name is Nebuchadnezzar, so feel free. That's, no one's used that yet this year. So Nebuchadnezzar is the king, and he's not a good dude. He's an egomaniac, and he's got the Jews captive, and he has built a 90-foot statue of himself, outlating or, or poured gold over it, and people are, he's commanding people to worship to this statue. That's where we're at. There's three other characters in the story that we're going to talk about together. The journey that we're going to go on, these baby names, also available. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now those can be boy or girl, doesn't matter, you, whatever, you can use them. So, but those are the men in this case, they're Jews. They're Jews that are, that are in captivity. But they've been given a prominent um, title. Like they, They've actually worked their way up, and they have a good job now. They're actually working for the king. So they have a, they have a level of authority, even. But they're still in captivity. So we have Nebuchadnezzar. He's the bad guy. He's the guy that built a statue of himself, 90 foot tall. And he's commanded everybody, worship the statue. And he said, if you don't, and this is where fear strikes in the hearts of the people. If you don't, I'll kill you. Not only will I kill you, but I will throw you in a fire, which I can't imagine a worse place to go. I uh, Throw you in a fire and burn you up. If you don't worship this God, my, me, basically, the statue. So, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who serve the one and only God, not some statue, not some earthly king, they have a decision to make. I'll guarantee you fear was in their hearts. I mean, think about that. They're facing death, but yet they're like, we can't bow down. And they don't do it. So everybody bows down, but there's the three not bowing down to the statue. And they get called out. That's where we pick up the story. Daniel 3, verse 13. Let's do this. Then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage. He ordered the three, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, to be brought before him. Bring them to me. When they were brought in, he said to them, is it true, you three, that you refuse to serve my gods? That you refuse to worship the gold statue I have set up? And then he says, I'll give you one more chance. I'll give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I've made. When you hear the sound of the musical instruments, you'll bow down, but if you don't, If you refuse, you'll be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. And then what God's going to rescue you from my power. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, reply, Ah, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you. If we're thrown into the fire, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, That's pretty key right there. They're not sure. I mean, they know God can. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we'll never, say never, we'll never serve your gods or worship the statue that you have set up. So 19, Nebuchadnezzar goes crazy. He's so furious with the three. This is kind of a, I don't know what this would look like. It says his face became distorted with rage. He's mad. Okay, he's very mad. Probably like when I was at Cold Stone and they told me they were out of co- the coffee ice cream. That's kind of how my fa- anyway. So he is distorted with rage. By the way, we're talking about a subject of fear. And he's, he's mad, he's angry. Do you, maybe if you, like me, I can get angry, I can get upset just like you. Do you know where our anger stems from? Fear. It does. Like, think of the king. Why is he so distorted with rage? Why is he so mad? Well, there's fear underlining that. Why? Well, if they don't bow down, other people might join in. And pretty soon, I'm not in charge. And pretty soon, there's an upheaval. And pretty soon, people aren't listening to me. They're not bowing down to me. They're not worshiping me. I'm not the king anymore. It's all fear. See how fear is so powerful that it will come out in anger? He commanded that the furnace, he is so mad, he says, turn it up. Turn the furnace up seven times hotter than we normally have it. And it is so hot. It says, he ordered the, then he said, turn it up hotter. And he ordered some of the strongest men to bind the three. Tie them up. Bind them up and throw them into the furnace. Think of the fear. Again, I know that these guys are men of God. And it seems like they're so amazing and their faith is so large. And it is. But you cannot tell me that there is not fear in them, knowing what what is happening. So they're being tied up. They're, they're, they're thrown into the furnace, fully dressed. Pants, turbans, robes, garments, everything. And because the king in his anger demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, listen to this. The people, the, the servants that threw the three in, got burnt up and died. That's how hot it was. So the peop- they, they died, the, the soldiers throwing the guys in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fall into the roaring flames. Verse 24, suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement. He exclaims to the people around, but didn't we tie up three men just now and throw them in the furnace? are like, yep, your majesty, we did. We tied up three. We did. Nebuchadnezzar says, look, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed. And the fourth, say four, the fourth. Looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came close as he could because it was so hot, the flaming furnace. And he shouted, you guys, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, servants of the most high God. He knows something. there's something going on. Come out, come out here. So the three stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, the governors, the advisors crowded around them. They saw the fire hadn't even touched them. Listen to this. Not a hair on their head was singed. Their clothing was not scorched. And this might be the biggest miracle. They didn't smell like smoke, okay? You ever gone to a campfire? I mean, seriously. You get within three miles of that, and you reek for four days. I mean, I'm like, wow. They don't even smell. That's just another reason why God doesn't want you camping, though. I'm just saying that out loud. So just... What hit me in this story, and by the way, what I read to you is a true story. It isn't a fable. It isn't a parable. It isn't some uh, urban legend. This is, a, this is something that literally happened. It's so incredible that you get this. Daniel, the guy that wrote it, he wasn't in the narrative today. He wrote it. He was watching it. He was, he was very good friends with the, the three. He was a Jew, just like Shadrach, Meshach. and he was, he was their friend. So you might know him from the lion's den, right? Same Daniel, same guy. He dealt with his own his own trauma, and his own steps of faith. Well, what hit me in this message was, was interesting. Remember when Nebuchadnezzar said, I'll give you one more chance? I think about that, and I think, why would he do that? Number one, he didn't dislike these guys. These guys worked for him. They were, they were in a position of authority. He didn't want them to die. Like, they were beneficial to him. So he's giving them one more chance. Like, he, so... But I wonder in that one more chance what it was like for them. I, see, there's three of them, and that's so key. This is why we do life together, and we do life groups together, is because we need each other, and we need to encourage each other, and we need to love each other. I love that there were three. That is so powerful. But I wonder about the people around them. I wonder what they're hearing from the people that were bowed down to the statue, both Jews and Babylonians, what they're saying to them. I bet they're hearing a lot of criticism. I'm just guessing here. I bet they're hearing, just get down. Like, who cares? What are you doing? Like, you're going to die, and the people have an opinion, and the people are giving criticisms. But listen to me, and I wrote this down. If you're easily influenced by the opinions of others, you won't live your purpose for God, okay? If you're easily influenced by what you see on the Internet and by what people are saying about you. Now, understand, you should have a few that speak into your life that love you, love the church, and love the Lord. That's why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they could speak into each other, and as he got closer, I bet they said, listen, he's given us one more chance. You guys, should we, let's just do this. Let's just, let's just bow down. Let's just, okay, okay, God knows our heart. Okay, we don't have to, you know, but they didn't do that because they had each other. But I'll guarantee you there were opinions of the people, and they are like, criticizing them. And, and, and you know how I know this? is because Proverbs 29, 25 says something. It says that you and I, we need to care less about what people think about us and more about what God thinks about us. Because God loves you way more than anybody in the world could ever love you. And God's plans for you are way better than anybody could ever portray for you. And in Proverbs 29, 25, it says, The fear, say fear. Fear, that's your four-letter word. That's my four-letter word. The fear of human opinion disables you. It will paralyze you. Oh, what do they think about me? Oh, what are they going to say about me? Oh, what are they going to post about me? And we're all so worried about what people think about us. Well, I want to know what God thinks about me. I want to know what his opinion is of me. I mean, he's got something to say. So the fear of human opinion disables, but trusting in God protects you from that. See, listen, look up here. When you're living your God-given purpose, you're going to face persecution. It will happen. You're going to face resistance. You're going to face criticism. But I would rather have people be criticizing me because I'm doing something big for God than do nothing at all. Jesus would say, blessed are those who are persecuted for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. That's what he says. So are we going to worry about people or worry about God? This, this, this faith from these three blow me away. The other thing I think about what they could have done, and this is what I've done in my life. I don't know about you and your fear. I've rationalized. I will make excuses why, why I, I can't take this step or why I shouldn't take this step. See, rationalization's a big deal. They could have done, I bet, the, you know, hey guys, Shadrach, come on, you guys, come here. We'll just do this, this one time, okay? Like I said earlier, God knows our heart. We will like, we'll bow with our knee, but our heart will be standing up. He knows who we are, okay? And they start to rationalize. Yeah, but you know what? What you do once, you'll likely do again. Okay, I found that out. I'll try drugs one time right what could be the harm next thing I know I'm in a meeting my name is Monty and I am a slave to the decision that I said one time to isn't that amazing one time and I meant it with all my heart what you do once you will likely do again but what else would they might have maybe said to themselves you know what we're in a position of authority the Nebuchadnezzar he's our boss I mean we're obligated to do this But again, God knows our heart, so we'll just do it this way. But they they rationalize. Or, God, if we're dead and we look like the marshmallow that fell off the stick in the s'mores game and and we're burnt up, what good are we then? God, come on, you get it. We're going to bow down, but you know we're good, you and I. But if we're dead, we can't do your work. They didn't do any of that. blows me away. See, fear always leads to rationalization. It always does. But trusting a God, faith in God, you know what that leads you to? A revelation. A revelation. A new area. A new territory. A new beginning with God in the center of it. Rationalization. Rationalization. This leads us to the point that I need you to own. If you hear nothing else, hear this. Faith. Say faith. Faith Faith is a big deal. Faith is trusting God. Regardless of the feelings in you. Regardless of the feelings in you, regardless of the circumstances around you, or the consequences before you. That's what faith is. That's what faith is. And you have to cover all of them. I truly believe this because your feelings are gonna to lie to you, your circumstances are even gonna to lie to you. You know, the consequences will lie to you. And we allow fear to dominate our life. Faith is trusting God. And by the way, faith doesn't mean you're not afraid. Being fearful, that's a, that's a feeling. That's a, being afraid, that's a normal emotion. So it's not about that. It's, it means that fear doesn't stop you. That's the key, okay? Being afraid, that's okay. Don't let it stop you from stepping into what God has for you. I remember, gosh, Meadows Church is, what, two and a half years old? Not even two and a half. And when, we, when God said, hey, go, let's start this church in Omaha area, do you think there was fear? Yes! My gosh, I think about my feelings. I was, I was very concerned about a lot of things. What's the word I wrote down? Uh, I, I, my, my feelings were very much of uncertainty. Uncertainty. I'd love to say that, you know what? God said to do this. I trust God and we will do this and we will stand on the promises of God. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get all that. But what about when push comes to shove? What about when all of a sudden you're going to start packing up your stuff and you realize you're leaving a place that's all you've known? and you're saying goodbye to people that you love and you're saying goodbye to family and you're saying goodbye to friends there was uncertainty my wife's leaving a job that she had for 17 years a good job where she had good relationships and it took care of our family in a good way so what if we get here and she don't find that job and she don't find those relationships what if my kids my kids like their school Okay? They like their friends. What if they get here and they don't like the school? They don't like the friends. Well, they like the social aspect of school. Let's just clarify, okay? They don't like it, okay? But anyway, they, so I'm thinking, okay, what if they all hate it? And then they conspire against me and they want to kill me in my sleep. I don't know what they're going to do. What if it doesn't work out the way I thought? So there's feelings. And then there's circumstances. You know what the circumstances were? The circumstances were um, we don't know anybody in Omaha, I don't know a soul. It's not like I have all these connections. Oh, I'm, I'm, this person's on board, that person. No one's on board. There were 10 people besides my wife and I that were on board moving. And that was even more of a concern for me almost. I was grateful, but yet I'm like, oh my gosh. I can't believe these people are saying yes to this. Like, what are they smoking? Actually, I sold it to them. So I knew exactly what they were. Sp- I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So joke, joke. It's funny. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> I don't know. Are you praying for me? Okay, good. So. But they're saying yes. And I'm like, g- 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 what is happening here? Like, it was freaky. And then, and then the consequences? Well, the consequences w- would be dire. Like, I start doing the research of planting churches. It's like starting a business. Only you have, only like you're in the crosshairs of the enemy as well. That's all. Okay, no pressure. And I'm thinking about what in the heck? What are we? Well, the consequences were failure. That's what they were. We get here nobody's on board, there's dissension, God's not in it after all, maybe I didn't hear a word from him, and all of a sudden, what is going on? Well, the church that was 12 is now zero, the the 10 that were on board, now they have to start over because it didn't work, and they don't know what they're gonna do, and it's all for naught, because by the way, most church plants, no pressure Casey, but most church plants fail, it's a fact, it it is, it's like a business, you know, and I start reading that, and I'm like, oh my gosh, and fear is overtaking me. And, and, and I'm getting overwhelmed. But repeat after me fear, fear. Not. not. That's what my God says. And God says, fear not. Instead, we will trust God regardless of the feelings in us, regardless of the circumstances around us, regardless of the consequences before us. And how does God respond? Well, last weekend, we set record attendance in our church, and since launching, 274 people have given their lives to Jesus. That's how God responds. It isn't a guarantee. Even Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, well, even if he doesn't, ain't no guarantee. But that's what God's done. I'm just telling you, that's what he's doing. I look at a room packed, and I'm like, God, you're on the move. But it would have never happened if we were paralyzed in our fear. But I want you to know I'm real like you. I I had the fear. I was afraid. I had the doubts. People were naysaying. But I don't want what people say. I want what God says. If we wouldn't have planted Meadows Church, I wouldn't have met Sam or Mabry, a family that's very invested in the church. You may not know Tim. He's behind the scenes leading the host team, leading life group. You know Mabry. She's up here almost every weekend leading you in worship. In fact, I want to invite Mabry up because I want you to hear something from her about the subject that you and I are wrestling with today a subject of fear. Can you give it up for Mabry? It takes fear or it takes courage to come up here. Mabry, come on up. And uh, so, Mabry. I got connected to her and Tim, and we went out to eat before the church really even, I don't know, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, we got to get you a mic. You got one? Just use your regular mic. You're comfortable with that. So Mabry, I met Mabry and Tim, and they went out to eat with Jody and I, and 14 of your kids. Is it 14? Oh, it's only four. It feels like 14, though, doesn't it? And she has another one on the way, so we got to give God glory for that, right? So understand I want you to hear fear for real not just talking about it not just preaching about it not just a short story of three guys that lived 2,000 years ago but a story of a woman who who is here with us today who wrestled with this like I've never seen before so I meet her and Tim and they were understand they were they had just got off the heels of being in a church plant that didn't make it and they invested everything in it their hearts and their soul and their work and everything. Right. And it didn't make it, and they were destroyed because of it. They were hurt, and they are leery about what I'm talking about, which say, hey, you want to jump on board with the church plant? They're like, ah, this sounds familiar, and it sounds painful because we're in it. So let's describe that first of all. I mean, obviously, we're at Texas Roadhouse eating bread that was anointed by Jesus himself, <laughs> right? And that butter, I'm sorry. I just, I'll just i eat that straight. So um, talk about that because that was the first hurdle. You, you had hurdles in this journey, Mabry that was the first one. Was it really just saying yes to the plant?
1: Yeah. I mean, um, at the time before we had even joined Meadows, um, my, my grandfather is a retired Wesleyan pastor. And so he gets all the news and the gossip of what's happening in the Wesleyan denomination. And, um, um, at that time, Tim and I were probably at one of the lowest points in our lives. And, um, the church plant had failed that we were a part of. And, um, we were it was a six month thing and um, we found out from like a second hand party, not even from the pastor himself and never saw him again <laughs> and um, so in the span of of that year after the church plant failed um, yeah Tim and I were at our lowest point in life we didn't have um, a church home we didn't have people that we knew were praying for us or um, anyone to reach out to, and um, my sister had passed away, and um, we gave birth to a son, and adopted a daughter in in that time span, and it was a it was a lot of um, a lot of new things, a lot of a lot of fear, a lot of angst, and so when we heard about the church plant, um, both of mine and Tim's reactions were, nope, not doing that, not wah, going wah, down wah. that road. <laughs>
0: Well, (laughs) and I appreciate you saying that because you guys were very open about that. And I kept casting vision and, uh, you know, kept buying you drinks, of course, that helps. Uh, (laughs) Um, Mabry said something when we went out that day, she said something about her joy of singing and she'd never sang like what she does up here. She'd never done that. And, and she started talking about that joy of, you know, your grandma that loves to sing and stuff. And, um, and I heard that. I heard, you know, we lead people to their purpose. That's what we want to do. And we heard that, and I started casting vision about what it would look like for her even to not only be a part of the plant, but to be a part of the team to lead you into uh, just the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I, let's, because that, that was the next level. Because you guys, you yes. guys ultimately did say yes, yes to the plant. Yes. And, and we, I believed right away that God was ready to do something even greater in you. And uh, so, talk through that of stepping into that. And then, what happened once you stepped into that and what the devil was trying to do?
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, I remember the first time we even sat back, and, and you know, you sit in the back when you first come to a church, that's what you do. And uh, <laughs> I remember hearing God say to me, You're going to be on that worship team. And I'm like looking around like, who are you talking to? (laughs) Me? (laughs) Um, And you know, I'd never sang in front of everyone, anyone. Tim and I had been married for um, 10 years at that time. And um, he'd never even heard me sing um, because of fear I had for that, too, even of you know failure or whatever that would look like. And I remember telling Monty, "Um, I don't even know if I can sing. I just love to. And it just fills my soul and my heart to do it. And um, so I. Tim kind of pushed me in while Sarah was walking by, and he kind of pushed me up there. And he's like, hey, Sarah, she wants to talk to you about singing. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so I did. And, um, um, you know, I joined the team, and um, I immediately loved it. And um, I was doing harmonies and, and um, um leading that for a little while. And, and then, you know, God said, all right, maybe it's time for you to lead on your own. And after the first song um, that I led, um, obviously there was a lot of fear for that, but I stepped through that. But after the first song, um, I started having pretty crazy anxiety attacks. Um, I would, there was many occasions where I would cry in my car for hours and, um, I just you know I heard the lies in my head I knew they were lies but but when you're hearing them in your own head you feel like it's you but I knew it was a lie because I mean it just it just it felt like one and uh, but it paralyzed me and I felt like I didn't have any control over the way I was feeling Um, and you know they were The lies were basically like, oh, you should stick to background singing. You're not good enough. You're not as good as those other people. You're going to fail, and everyone's going to laugh at you and all the crazy thoughts. And um, I remember calling Monty while I was having one of those (laughs) crying fits. And, um, you know, he he said something to me that kind of surprised me, even though I feel like it shouldn't have because I was raised in the church. But he said, um, you know, Mabry, I'm not surprised that you're feeling this way. You took a bold step when you said yes to what God wanted you to do, and the enemy doesn't like it. And so he's trying to captivate you through fear to stop you from stepping into your purpose. And um, at that time, he taught me how to rebuke Satan, and um, that was a game changer for me. Um, Just, you know, out loud saying, Satan, I rebuke you. You have no power over me anymore no power over my thoughts, my emotions, my singing, my purpose, and I command you to flee from me in Jesus' name. And then, of course, I'd fill myself with the Holy Spirit. I'd pray or worship or whatever I would do. I would just give him glory. And um, my anxiety, I felt like it went away almost instantly. I'm sure it was a little bit of a slower process, but to me, it felt instantly. I didn't cry anymore after that.
0: And you've never struggled like that again. No, never. I mean, paralyzed in her car. Like, I had no idea that Mabry was in her car like this, crying and crying and crying. Just like you wouldn't have any idea either. You see her up on the stage, she looks full of the Holy Spirit. Just like, I have no idea what you do, and you have no idea how I feel when I'm alone, and I'm crippled, and I'm scared. Trust me, it's real. But I love that she, number one, she reached out. She wasn't in it alone, and then she was obedient just to stay the course and do what God was telling her to do. And it brings you to the next level, and... I mean, talk through that, because obviously the first step was the worship team, and but then there's the personal side and the business side, and you're, you do hair for a living, hence the purple and the pink and the rainbow that we've seen throughout the stages of Mabry. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you, God was doing something there too, and just talk to that.
1: Um, so I had been at a, the salon for about five years, and um, I I felt like... You know, God was just kind of making me discontent with where I was. And, um, but out of fear, I was like, no, I can't. I can't quit. I mean, I don't know what I would do. I don't want to have to start all over. If you know anything about the salon business, it's you pretty much start over if you start a new salon. And um, so I had been listening to a few messages of Monty's and he actually spoke to me through, I felt God spoke to me through his message and i just kind of had my confirmation that all right it's time to quit and i didn't know what that looked like um (laughs) i put in my notice at work that i was quitting and i had no idea what i was going to do i just knew i had to do it and um it wasn't until a few weeks later that um, i got an email (laughs) from a random salon and it said uh, hey we have two studios open come check them out and I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's in my area. Like, so I went and checked it out and I prayed for discernment. And from the first step I took into the building, I knew that that was where God wanted me to be.
0: Did you hear something that she said? She took a step and there was no safety net. There was no backup plan. There was nothing. And that's not always wise, Mabry, but you did that. So, and it worked out. Um, but I love it because I think it's a step of faith. We want God to show us his faithfulness. Well, he can't do it until you take a step. We say that all the time. You take a step, you leave the salon, you have nothing, you don't know what you're going to do, and by chance, she gets an email. Well, it's not by chance. So then we get to one of the final stages of the fear and what the enemy tries to do in you and how he's trying to hold you back and what God has for you. And if you don't know, we're planting a church called Crossover in Bennington, Elkhorn later this year. Yeah. Casey and his team are going to lead that. We're so excited. So Well, Mabry and Tim, they kind of live in that area. And Mabry gets word that she might be having a conversation with somebody not just about being on the worship team, but leading it, well, that's a whole nother level of crazy. <laughs> Talk about that and that journey.
1: So, um, yeah, I, I heard a, a, a rumor, if you will, saying that um, I was going to be spoken to about uh, about that, and um, my instant instant fears and thoughts came right in my head, and um, you know the kind of similar things like. Oh, you don't know near enough to be leading a congregation during worship. Like, you you don't play the drums. You don't play the guitar. (laughs) You don't you don't do all any of those things. And um, you know, just so just basically, you're not equipped to do it. And um, actually, the the time I was feeling that, um, I came into another one of Monty's sermons, and um, something he he had said really struck me. He said. if God is calling you into something, you often won't feel equipped, and that just hit me to the core, and so I'm like, fine, God, I'll do it, but you have to call Tim, because right now, he's a no, (laughs) and uh, about four weeks later, um, Tim was sitting in one of Monty's messages, and it wasn't even talking about crossover. I didn't even register that, but the look on Tim's face was pure, like, joy or whatever, crazy, you know, kind of the same thing. Not only that, but <laughs> T-
0: Tim wanted to quit sleeping on the couch, too, right? So that was, there was that, too. So, faith is trusting God regardless of the feelings in you, regardless of the circumstances around you, or the consequences before you. Now, if Mabry doesn't do that, she's not, I mean, this isn't happening. But because she's doing that, well, you're looking at the next worship leader for Crossover Church. And what I love, I tell and my leaders all the time, do you love people? Because leadership is love, it's what it is. Now, do you have to have skills and a lot of other things that go with it? Yeah, but if love doesn't precede all that, it doesn't matter. And Mabry, what Sarah and I have seen in you since the very beginning is your love for people. And the love for, if you have that, God will equip you. I mean you know, God will do what he's always done. But I'm so proud of her. Give it up one more time for Mabry. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I, uh, if Mabry would have been asked to lead worship that day that I met her at that Texas Roadhouse, Jody and I, no way. She was, she was, she was not ready at that time, nor would she be prepared at that time, nor had she overcome any kind of fear to get to that level at that time. What I'm telling you is, and I wrote it down so I get it right, steps of faith will build your faith. Steps of faith, God knew that Mabry could say yes to just being on the team. God, God knew that Mabry could say yes to like starting a new business. God knew that Mabry, but she needed to do this. And this before God could say, maybe you're gonna lead worship at a brand new church in a brand new area for, for, for God to do a brand new thing. So she had to take those steps. She wouldn't be ready right away. So what is God putting before you today that you need to take a step? That's what I'm asking. You know, we're saved by God's grace through our faith when we believe. Casey talked about people saying yes to Jesus, three people last week. What what that means specifically is they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. It means that they have called on the name of the Lord, and he said they'll be saved. This is the gospel. By faith, our faith, not God's faith. It's his grace that sent his son to die on a cross and rise from the dead. And then we, by our faith, believe that and surrender to it. And when we do the Holy Spirit, when you call on his name, he'll enter into you and make you new. That's what saved means. That's what saying yes to Jesus means. But understand something. there's The difference between a believer and a non-believer isn't just faith. Non-believers have faith. So do believers. You had faith that your car hopefully would get you to church. You had faith that, like the coffee you drank, you drunk, you drank, drunk, drank, how is that? Drank, drunk, I don't know, I might be drunk. So the coffee wasn't spiked. Or was it, right? You had, you had faith that the chair you sat in would hold you. I have faith, if I can grab this thing, like this ladder would hold me. It's getting serious in here. That this ladder would hold me. I have faith in that. So there's it's something a little bit more than faith. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego this, this, is, this, this is something so key. You remember the scripture that said they were bound? They were tied up. They tied up their hands and their feet. What I believe God wants you to know today, and I believe this with all my heart, because it's been... There are people bound today. You are bound. You are tied up. Not physically, you're tied up. Emotionally and spiritually. Spiritually. You're tied up, and you're struggling. And to illustrate it, I need—I got—I need one more person, Mila. God says, "Come to heaven as a child." Something about childlike faith. Give it up for Mila; she's awesome. So, Mila, you have faith in this ladder, don't you? Well, you take a step on the ladder. See, the ladder—this first step—I would say represents what we're talking about: fear. And you're bound. You've allowed the enemy to bind you with fear in an area of your life. It might be a decision in your family. It might be in your business. It might be in the church. It might be just in your heart. But, 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 but theres it goes beyond that. Remember, the under, fear is the underlining factor. And what stems from fear? Anger. Mila, will you take another step? Trusting by faith that the ladder's got you. And I'm right here as well. But the ladder's got you. So there's anger in some of you. And there's struggle. Not only that, but there's depression remember the video your depression can be lifted it can be lifted the anxiety that you feel it can be lifted in the name of the lord it can be lifted it can happen but i know there are people that you're bound not hands not feet maybe but in your soul and you're bound with worry and it cripples you at night you can't sleep will you take a step another one i'm right here i got you i got you and you're scared and now you're up here. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you're up here, fires down there, and fires around here. But by faith you're standing on something. What are you standing on? I told you earlier, it isn't just faith, but it's the object of your faith that makes the difference, okay? So know this, that day with the golden statue, a lot of people had faith, didn't they, Mila? They did. Like the people who bowed to the statue? Well, they put their faith in a king, the king of Babylon. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they put their faith in the king of king and Lord of lords. And there's a difference in that, isn't there? They can shout about it, can't they? They can get excited about it. Yeah, I love it. So, so God has you in a place where you're full of fear and you're full of depression, you're full of anxiety, but He still got you, doesn't he? Or does he? Because how some of you feel today is you feel not only hurting and struggling, but God has blinded you. Like fear will blind you to the presence of God. That is Mila's own, not mine, so. But it is pretty. I want to make sure you can't see. You can't see, right? Okay, I want you to hold on to this ladder though, okay? So, are you praying? So, you're beautiful, you know that? You feel blind, you're scared. You feel God, but you can't see him. God, I don't see you in my relationship. I don't see you in my marriage. I don't see you in my job. My finances, God, are upside down. I can't see you. Not only that, God, but I can't feel you. And now it feels like you're distant. And I'm there and I'm up here And I believe in you, but I'm wondering, because I can't see, it's dark. I hear you, but you're distant. I can't feel you, but I'm guessing you're there. Mila, you know I love you, right? You know I've got you? Yeah, I've got you. You hear me? Yes. Okay. So Mila, there's people in the room today that feel like God has walked away from them, but the truth is God doesn't move, does he? He doesn't move. I know I feel distant, but that's how they feel with their relationship with Jesus. Like, God, I can't feel your hand. God, I can't see your heart. God, I don't know if you're there. God, I'm depressed. God, I'm fearful. God, I'm dying on the inside. Spirit of the Lord is in this place. And by faith, see some of you, by faith, you're gonna make a decision for Jesus Christ today. By faith, you're gonna step into a new life today. By faith, you're gonna trust that your Father In heaven has you, and that he loves you, despite your feelings that lie to you, despite the enemy that can't stand you, despite the consequences around you, despite the circumstances before you, you're trusting by faith that God has you. Mila, I'm gonna ask you to do something. She does not know what she's asked to do. This isn't some rehearsed stage thing. She doesn't know. She does not know. Trusting by faith that Mila knows I love her. You know that right, Mila? You know that God loves you? Do you know that God has you? Will you do me a favor? Will you just fall backwards off of the ladder? See, by faith, we trust that your God is with you in your mess that your father has you in your fire he's with you in your hurt he's with you in your struggle he's with you in your depression he's with you in your anxiety your father he's with you in the fire give god a shout in this place he is with you i'm so proud of you the father the father always has his children he has his children thank you for a long church just go a little longer today I am about done, and you're like, yeah, right. (laughs) Let's put up verse 25 and close. I see four men. Say four. There were four in the fire. There were four in the fire. Not three. Four. In the fire. And the only thing destroyed in the fire, check it out. The only thing destroyed in the fire is what? The very thing that bound them. The ropes. That's it. Nothing else. I love you so much. I've been praying for you all week. Look up here. You're bound. In your heart and in your soul. My prayer is what step will you take? I pray on your piece of paper. I pray in your phone that you will write down what you're afraid of. That you will name your fear and allow God to eradicate it from your life. I pray that you will do that in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that if you've never given your life to the Lord, Jesus Christ, your King, if you've never done that, you've never bowed down and said, God, I give you all of me, you will do that today before you leave. This is why he died. This is why he rose, so that you might have life. Some of you, by. Faith, you're gonna invite someone to church this week because you need them to know the truth that you already know. Some of you, by faith, you're gonna step up like Mabry. You're gonna step onto a dream team and start giving your life away for the kingdom. Some of you, by faith, will step into a life group and start to do life with other Shadrachs and meat sacks, and they can pour into you and love you. By faith, you'll take a step in your marriage. By faith, you'll take a step in your job. By faith, you'll take a step for Jesus and you'll watch what he does in your life because he brought you here, not just for you to take up space and give an hour and a half, but to change your life. To change your life. I want to pray for you. Close with a song. Father, I wrote it down this way, that if we tell you what we're afraid of, You already know it, but there's power when we write it down. There's power when we say it out loud. And then there's even more power when we trust you, despite the feelings, despite the circumstances, despite the consequences. God, all three, these men in this story, how in the world can they trust you falling in a fire that hot? How can a little girl come to heaven as a child? How can a little girl, not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing if you've got her if the father stands behind his daughter behind his son but you're there and you're with us in that god do your work today my prayer is that people will take a next step towards you whatever that looks like prayers prayer team power your holy spirit the spirit of the lord is in this place today god have your way and we'll never stop declaring that you're good we'll never stop declaring that you're great We'll never stop declaring that in you the best is truly yet to come in jesus name i pray and we all say amen thanks for watching the meadows church youtube channel but don't stop there we want to invite you to be part of our family and subscribe so you don't miss a single update or message but not only that i would encourage you share this message with a friend i mean you and i both know so many people out there are struggling i mean they're seeking answers searching for hope looking for purpose. That's right. You were created on purpose for a purpose. And we would love to walk with you in your journey. I hope you know that you are valuable and you are loved. And we believe that for you, the best is yet to come. God bless you.